The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome Jesus. All who saw it began to grumble and said, Jesus has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house, because Zacchaeus too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. The Gospel of the Lord. You can be seated. And I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to contradict everything you think you know about the story of Zacchaeus by asking you this question. What if Zacchaeus wasn't short? Instead, what if Jesus was the one who was short? Hold on. I say that because there are two ways that you can read verse 3. It could be that he, Zacchaeus, was trying to see Jesus, but on account of the crowd, he could not because Zacchaeus was short in stature. But you could also read it as he, Jesus, was short in stature. And the crowd was obscuring Jesus because he was short. That's why he had to climb in the tree. You see, that text in the original language and that pronoun, he, is unclear. Could be talking about Zacchaeus. Could be talking about Jesus. We don't actually know. Now, I know that goes against everything you've been taught about the story of Zacchaeus since you were a little child. And that's because our understanding of the story came to us from that song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, remember? But when we look at the original source, the things we assumed to be true get called into question. And that is exactly what Reformation does. Reformation challenges the prevailing assumptions of what currently is. It brings a new direction to look at things. And as Lutherans, the heirs of the Protestant Reformation, we believe that the church is continually in need of Reformation. This year marks the 505th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. 505 years ago, Luther posted 95 theses on the church doors in Wittenberg. This year, 2022, marks the 500th anniversary of Luther 
completing his translation of the entire New Testament into German. That was 500 years ago in September, last month. For Luther, a lot changed in those five years between the beginning of the Reformation and his translation of the New Testament. He became the enemy of the papacy. He was denounced as a heretic. He was excommunicated by the Pope. He was condemned by an emperor, and he had to escape into hiding to avoid being murdered or imprisoned. Side note, in the Fellowship Hall, we have a framed hanging picture of Martin Luther on the wall. He's got a beard. That portrait is the disguise that Luther used while in hiding from the government. He also used a fake name, Junker George, while he was in hiding. Now, I think it's delightful that the framed picture we choose to display at our church is the one where he's on the lamb. While he's in hiding, Luther uses the time to translate the Bible into German. And he's using the original sources from the Greek when he does that. You see, at the time, most of the population was illiterate. Farmers, they were afraid of bad weather, disease, strangers who aren't from around here. Uh, Most people lived a very superstitious life at that time. They were afraid that God was out to get them and assuming that hell and purgatory were the natural consequences of their poor choices. And the institutional church had found a way to profit off of people's fears. For the German people, only 5% could read. And the Bible wasn't something that they owned for themselves or even read for themselves. It was something they only heard from the mouth of the priest. And one of the primary accomplishments of the entire Protestant Reformation was getting the Bible into people's hands and in their own language. And we ought not take that for granted. The Reformation was about a return to the word. Luther translated the Bible in German so that people could recognize God's word for themselves. The Reformation brought about change that helped people, ordinary people like you, like me, to help help them develop a more personal and relational sense of the faith in their lives. To be a Lutheran is to honor the idea that God's word is open, accessible, available for each of us to read and to learn. So what does the Bible say? If we go back to our first reading today from Isaiah chapter 1, verses 16 and 17 say, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. God's word reveals our brokenness and our need for repentance. But God's word also reveals to us the solution, removing the evil, learning to do good, looks like justice for those who are most vulnerable. That is what reformation also looks like.
from our second reading in 2 Thessalonians. Verse 1, chapter 3 says, We must always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. How do we know that our faith is growing when our love for one another increases? Faith and love are in a proportional relationship. Our faith and trust in God only grows when we are increasing our love for one another and vice versa. When our love for one another increases, so does our ability to trust God. The Reformation of the church also teaches us an uncomfortable truth. Change is good and necessary. To be a Reformation church means we are continuously open to change. Now, I know it might not look like it, but as Lutherans, we're supposed to embrace the idea of always reforming. The Reformation wasn't a one-and-done event. Reformation is a perpetual state of existence. How do we know that the church is still in need of Reformation? It's pretty simple. Has every hungry person been fed? Has every person without been clothed? Has every sick person been treated? Has every prisoner been visited? Has every child been encouraged? Has every stranger been shown hospitality? No. The mission of Jesus is not complete. The ministry of the church continues and is continually in need of, to, of reform from the way things are to the way things should be. And that leads me to ask this question. Where does our church need reform? Reformation isn't pie in the sky abstraction. It's about a very real here and now. Where does New Life Lutheran Church in Pearland, Texas need reform? To answer that question, we go back to where we started. Zacchaeus climbing a tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Our own reformation comes when we get a better view of Jesus. When Zacchaeus saw Jesus, he was changed. He realized he had to end his part in financially oppressing other people. He had to make things right for his brothers and sisters. And the same change will happen in you when you see Jesus. Amen.